Welcome to Gateway's podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Don Brock. For more information about Gateway, please visit www.gatewaybc.com. Well, we're in our third or fourth message on shape, and we've talked about spiritual gifts. We've talked about harp, uh, heart. Uh, Jeff, last week, brought an excellent message talking to you about abilities. And today, we're going to find out if you got a personality or not. So we'll do a personality test today. You know, if a favorite verse of mine is actually part of a verse, and it sums up, I think, just how God feels about us. And in Psalms 139, David said to God the Father, you saw me before I was born. Think of that verse. Before you were born, before you were conceived, before your parents existed, God saw you. And he loved you. And he had a plan and a purpose for you. There's a reason why he wants you here. And and if you want to know just how special you are to God, You can always look to the cross, and that tells you just how much he loves you. But another thing that you can do is just go out and look at the stars at night and and the vastness of it and the creation that he has accomplished. And you, you are the shining moment, the high point of all of his creation. Because he put in you something that he did not put anywhere else in creation. He put his image. He gave you a spirit so that you could connect with his spirit. He gave you the capacity to have his spirit live in you. And he demonstrated just how committed he was to you by allowing his son to be sacrificed and pay the price for your sins. And he desires to talk to you all the time. He cares about you enough that he gave you scripture so that you will know about him and how he feels about things and what his word is. He hasn't hidden from you. And anytime you call upon him, he's there. Anytime, any place, under any circumstances. And no matter how badly you fumble or fall or mess up, he is always willing to forgive you and restore you. That's how special you are. And so when you think about that, And you reread Psalm 139, you saw me before I was born. That has a deeper meaning to me. You were not a surprise to God. You were not a mistake. You might have been a surprise to your parents, but not to holy God. And he desired for you to be in this world. Now, some of the questions we've been asking ourselves in this series, we started off by asking the question, what spiritual gifts has God given me so that I might serve 
him through ministry. And then week before last, we asked the questions like, what do I love to do? You know, what, what is my heart? So what are the things that I just enjoy? And then the last week, you answered the question or asked the question, what natural talents and skills did God give me at birth? So today we're asking the question, what personality traits do I have? You know, you're kind of born with those traits, right? I mean, just talk to any parent that has had more than one kid and they'll tell you, yeah, at birth, there's a personality. And I mean, even puppies, uh, Mary loves to raise puppies. And, and when we have a litter of puppies, it's amazing how each puppy has its own personality. And so you were born with a personality. Uh, I don't know who said this, but uh, they, they said the difference between an ordinary day and an extraordinary day is not so much what you do, but for whom you do it. And so as we learn about these shapes that we have, our shape, it's not so much about what you do with that life, but whom you do it for. I want to read out of 2 Corinthians to you. And I want to ask you to ask yourself some questions that are arisen from this verse. He says, David, I mean, uh, Paul says, we are confident of all of this because of our great trust in God through Christ. So that's a question you should ask yourself. Just how great is your trust in holy God? Just how great is it? I mean, are you willing to trust him with your salvation, with your soul, your eternal soul? Most of you have done that. So obviously you trust him in that way. But do you trust him with your life, your daily life, the purpose of your life, the, the, the shape of your life? Have you given that to him? Do you trust him? You know, the sad truth is many Christians kind of struggle with this. And we struggle with trusting God. We, we tend to want to trust our abilities and what we can see and what we can do instead of trusting holy God. Paul went on to say, it's not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own because the, the result is, the actuality is you're not. You're really not qualified to do anything on your own. Anything apart from God, I think, is wasted energy. He says, our qualification comes from God. So I go back to that first verse again. You saw me before I was born. You put your shape, a unique shape into me. And so I'm defined by who I am in relationship to holy God. And my qualification for anything comes from God. Comes from Jesus. In Acts 20, <clears throat> He says, but my life is worth nothing to me unless, unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by Jesus Christ. Now that's an attitude. That's an attitude to be mimicked, to develop, to have in your own heart. My life is worth nothing to me unless 
I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. So again, God saw you before you were born. And I believe based on scripture that he has a purpose for you. He, he, before you were born, he already had a plan for you. And, and the reality is this, your life is meaningless apart from God's purpose and plan for your life. Those are strong words. Oh yeah, you, as a Christian, you can live your life any way you want to. But at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, it's of no value if it's been separated from God's purpose for you. That's what the Bible means when it says that you build, you built your life with wood, hay, and straw, stuff that just doesn't last. And when I build my life with the purposes of God and his purpose for me, that's the gold, silver, and precious jewels. And that's never meaningless. You see, Paul had the ability uh, Paul had the ability to work with his hands, but he also knew how to work with his brain. Um, he had the skill of making tents, and that's how he would support himself so as not to be a burden on the church. But it's really cool when he would make tents, he, he saw that as an opportunity to serve the Lord. And, and he would make tents, and I'm sure every customer he ever had or every person that he dealt with, somehow he was going to talk to them about Jesus. And so he had a natural ability to use his hands, but he used his natural ability for the benefit of the gospel. He had a personality, and his personality was as such that his, his, he was just quick on his feet. He, he was able to size things up, and, and he was able to size people up, and his personality just would come out. And uh, he was the extrovert. Um, And he was a master debater. I mean, I wouldn't want to debate somebody like Paul on how you pour a cup of water. I mean, he was amazing. He he was able to, well, look at it this way. When when I have a conversation that might get a little heated with somebody or you get in an argument with somebody, if you're like me, after the fact and when you get home, you start going, oh, man, I should have said this. Oh, I should have said that. Oh, I wish I had thought this, right? You remember those kind of feelings you have after the fact? Not Paul. I mean, Paul, he, when he debated, boy, his brain was sharp. And, and you really can see that when he had the debate on Mars Hill with all the philosophers and the thinkers of the day. And, and he was at his best. And to have debated Paul, well, he was the pro. He had the ability to think fast. And, and, um, so here's some things I want us to look at today about this personality thing. And, and let's begin with just the idea of who we are in God. Number one, God planned out my life for a purpose. He planned out your life for a purpose. And guess whose purpose it was? It was his purpose, not yours, not mine. It was his purpose. You know, some of you have spent a lifetime trying to fulfill your parents' goals for your life. 
Now, that's great if it matches up with God's goals. But sometimes it's not so great if it just comes up with, um, they want you to be successful, which is nothing wrong with that, but they want you to have this kind of career path and uh, they want this for you, they want this for you. And usually it's things they didn't have for themselves. And there's nothing wrong with that except when it doesn't line up with God's purposes. And that's where I find meaning and Life. In fact, life in Christ, you can remember it this way as an acrostic. Uh, a life for Christ is the L stands for living for others. That's a life in Christ. The I stands for inviting others to a life in Christ. That's, that's a life in Christ. When I think in terms of how I can share the gospel, the F stands for following the teacher, the teachings of God's word that I'm always thinking about scripture and does my life match up to it? Am I doing and not doing the things I should do or not do? And then the E is exalting God above all. That no matter what I do or where I'm doing it, I'm exalting God above everything else. The second thing I want us to learn today is that God wired me and he wired you. He wired you with a unique personality. You know, and that personality shows up quickly. So how, how do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as introverted or extroverted? Now, some of you, you're really an introvert, but you've learned to be an extrovert. You know, you, you've learned to be outgoing, but the reality is you'd rather just be over in the corner by yourself. Uh, some of you are self-controlled, and I'm going to say this in a nice way, and some of you are self-expressive. You know, it's, it's, that's the person, that self-expressive person is the one who basically says, that's just the way I am. You know, it's, it's like that's the excuse for your inappropriate behavior. It's just the way you are. Some of you, you love routine. You, you don't like when things get messed up or is out of schedule or out of order. You just like routine. Others of you, you love variety. You don't want to eat at the same restaurant every time. I mean, how many, how many of you, you go to the restaurant, why do you even, you go to the same restaurant, why do you even get the menu? Because you know you're going to order the exact same thing, right? And yet, we look at the menu, we look at everything on it, and then we order the exact same thing we ordered last time, right? I mean, we, we just, we like routine. Some of you are cooperative, and some of you are combative, or com- competitive, I should say. I mean, you just, you just like to win. There's nothing wrong with that. It just depends on how you choose to do it. So how do you see yourself in these four areas of personality? And these things, you were wired this way when you were born. And, and the key is that your personality can provide a natural vehicle for expressing your spiritual giftedness. Your personality is the vehicle to express your spiritual gifts. You know, you need to mature. You need to develop your personality. In fact, with children, especially if you work with children or you still have young children, so often we have those negative personality traits in them and they're just getting on your last nerve. And often you're trying to stop them from being that way. 
Well, what you're doing is you're, you're actually trying to get them not to be themselves. Change that approach to, all right, this is a negative expression of a positive trait. So how can I help my child to find the positive expression of this trait that they have, this personality that they have? So this is just immaturity, and I've got to let them grow. I've got to help them to mature this, not to stop being who they are, but to find the appropriate way of being who they are. See, one's healthy and one is not. If you squish a kid from being who they are personality-wise, they become very frustrated and they become very, they usually become rebellious. But if you are patient with them and help them to grow in being who they are and helping them to find the, the positive way of expressing who they are, then you're going to see some maturity happen. I remember, um, well, in fact, let me, let me put it this way. Often the real strength of a person can be discovered in their immature weaknesses. Let me say that again, especially if you've got young kids and teenagers and husbands. Often their real strength can be discovered in their immature weaknesses. And when you focus on that strength and help them to develop that, that's when a lot of growth happens. There's a difference between stop it and redirect it. There's a difference between taking a negative expression and trying to stop it versus trying to redirect it and mature it. You know, I love, one of my personality traits is I love to be involved in people's lives. I love to help people figure out who they are. And I love for people to figure out who they are in Christ and, and why they're here, their purpose in life, and help them to discover that. Um, back when I was growing up in middle school and high school, you know, you either did Boy Scouts or you did something. We had a thing called Civil Air Patrol still around. And I chose to be a part of Civil Air Patrol because they had planes. And... Um, I mean, I got to do some cool stuff. I remember one time I was at an Air Force base as a teenager. And I got to crawl all over a B-52 and sit in all the seats and got to sit at the seat where the guy pushes the button that launches all the weapons. And I'm sitting there on this airplane knowing that this one plane could carry enough nuclear weapons to have more destructive power than all the bombs dropped in World War II. I mean, that, you know, that's just a daunting thing to think about. And, and so I was at an encampment. We would have a camp every Every summer and just be hundreds and hundreds of, of cadets. And I started doing that when I was in the seventh grade. So the 11th grade, I, I got there and I said, all right, this is the year I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the camp commander. And because they would choose one person to be the camp commander and I, everybody knew it was my turn. And, um, but a friend of mine had ticked off one more extra thing on his little checklist. So they made him the cadet camp commander. I didn't like it at all. I mean, that just wasn't right. And I was competitive. And um, 
my job at that point was to support him, and I just wasn't going to do it. I was feeling sorry for myself, and I remember sulking a little bit, and I was in the barracks, and I was just laying on my bunk, and, and this young kid, probably a seventh grader, eighth grader, came up, and he said, sir, will you help me figure this out? And I just looked at him, and with all the compassion, you know, an older cadet had, I just looked at him with great compassion. I said, no, nah, you'll have to find somebody else. I was too focused on my hurt and my pain. Now, I'd like to tell you that I immediately jumped up from the bed and said, hey, hang on, of course I'll help you, but no, I didn't. And I just felt sorry for myself. And when you feel sorry for yourself, you're not going to be able to use your personality or your giftedness for the benefit of other people. So how mature was that? And, you know, the fact that I can remember that vividly, I can remember, I can remember where my bunk bed was. I can remember the barrack I was in. I can remember the kid. And even though I'd never met him before, I can remember all that because it broke my heart when the Holy Spirit showed me what I had really just done. I like what John Wesley says. This was his motto in life. He says, do all the good you can, by all the means you can, by all the ways you can, in all the places you can, and at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as you ever can. That's a great motto. So that, my friends, that's greatness. And that's what it means to be shaped to serve God. You must be available. And often, well, more often than not, ministry opportunities are inconvenient. And... That's when you just have to get over it. Say, God's given me an opportunity. In fact, a lot of times I believe God brings a ministry opportunity in your life when you're at your worst so that you quit, you can stop feeling sorry for yourself and focus on what really matters. And God's actually showing you the way out of your depression, the way out of your selfishness by showing you somebody else who's in need and is allowing you to be a part of the solution. So that's why often ministry is inconvenient. You see, I have to to be willing to step out of my comfort zone. And I have to say, God, what is it that you want me to do? And they're hurting people and wounded people all around you. So... Uh, one of the reasons why I love us doing this the shape series is that the results of it, and let me just tell you the results really really quickly number one it it reduces your stress. you stop comparing yourself to others, and the Bible says that 's dumb to do anyway, so stop doing it. Uh, it allows you to build on your strengths 
You see, we tend to focus on our weaknesses and try to make those better. Don't do that. Just say, hey, I'm not good at that, but this is what I'm good at. So that's what I'm going to focus on. Focus on your strengths. Recognize your limitations. And here's the thing about your weaknesses. Somebody else is good at it. So let them do it. You focus on what you're good at. Number two, it increases your significance. So what is significance? Significance is knowing God's will and being right in the center of it. That's significance. It's being what God meant for you to be. It's figuring out who you are and being that person. It's the one who says, God, you saw me before I was born and I want to be that person. It's finding your niche and saying, that's me. That's where I belong. Number three, it deepens your satisfaction. A satisfying life is what you experience when you're doing what God made you to do. Real freedom comes from doing what you're gifted to do. And you know, one last thing it does, it builds your self-esteem. And there's an epidemic of low self-esteem in our country, in our society today. And, and I mean, I'm just, I find people just don't like themselves. There was one study that was done that said 50% of the people did not like their job. They were in the wrong job. And, and so if you're spending the bulk of your day doing something you don't like and you're not really gifted to do and it's not what you're passionate about, no wonder you're going to struggle with self-esteem. I believe in genuine self-esteem, not the pop psychology uh, type self-esteem, but I believe in the self-esteem that's built on two truths. You know, there was a book that was real popular for a while that says, I'm okay and you're okay. And then it kind of evolved to, I'm okay and you're not so hot. <clears throat> you know, and I just don't believe in that kind of stuff. I believe that Self-esteem comes from knowing who God made you to be. And, and there's two truths that happen from that. The truth that you matter to God, and Jesus proved that, that you matter to him when he died on the cross. That he, you know, and God, Jesus didn't die for junk. He died for you. And number two, you were shaped by God for a purpose. You, you matter to God. And he created you uniquely for a purpose. God saw you before you were born. So in conclusion, my shape is not only for my benefit, because I'm being who God created me to be, but for the benefit of others. And it produces maturity and harmony in the church family. You know, when you're doing a job in this church that you weren't shaped for, you get frustrated and you frustrate everybody around you. But when you do the job that you were created for and you were gifted for and you're passionate for, then everybody benefits around you. Live in your shape. Let me pray with you.